welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Yep, next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at gunspot.com. For all your gun and ammo needs, no reserved auctions every single week. The best part about Gunspot is there's no extra pricing there at the end. What the price is there, you don't got to worry about any hidden fees, anything like that. It's fantastic. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure your position protects you and your family with Gunspot.com, especially if you're on the road because of Mid-America RV. You're going to need that self-protection if you're in Yellowstone. Never know when a big old wolf or bear might just be sitting outside waiting for you to come out. Exactly. Next up is going to be Miners in Monroe. Make sure you go visit them. Maybe you're looking super fly and somebody's trying to jack your hoodie. Now you've got protection from pew, pew, pew. Go visit Miners in Monroe at minersinmonroe.com. Use that code MIKEDUP10. Save yourself 10% off at checkout. Yep, now Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Even though they do specialize in tires and lube, they are much more than that. So, again, that website is downtownlube.com. They are located here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street Market. And the guys pride themselves on getting you in and out as quickly as possible. So, again, Downtown Lube located right here in Joplin, Missouri. And next up is going to be Club 609, home of the best happy hour in the world. From 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday. And then on Saturdays, if you happen to be in town on a Saturday, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m., two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609 Big Country. Next up is going to be a wonderful show that we have planned today. Yesterday, we, we you know, I'll take this one on the chin. This is my fault. I said we were going to talk about some of these latest mock drafts that have come out. We didn't even mention them. So we got into other topics. Uh, but today we're probably going to look at them. We're going to look at the the breakup of Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley, which is very sad, very sad. And then also the Rams, they had their parade last night. We'll look at some of Aaron Donald's comments, Sean McVay's comments, and then we'll get into some of these contracts that are happening in football and baseball, and then maybe end it with a little bit of basketball as well. But I did want to start off with some of these mock drafts. You and I both love the NFL draft. I used to be, I guess, like one of the uh, draft guy. I'm really not anymore, though. But I still love looking at mock drafts. And even, like, I follow the draft well enough that I can just be like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the, the beautiful thing about mock drafts is that I don't care who you are. You're going to be wrong. <laughs> so if you put out a mock draft and somebody's like, that pick number six overall, that doesn't make any sense to me. There's a very good possibility that you are wrong, uh, no matter the expert on this one. But I did see Todd McShay released a mock draft yesterday, uh, so we'll go over that one today. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I love looking at mock drafts and trying to figure out exactly who people have deemed to my favorite team. Of course, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, Kansas City Chiefs. If you're new to the show, welcome. Appreciate you checking it out. Also, if you've been listening, go tell a friend if you like it. If you don't, maybe just don't say anything at all. That'd be cool. But let's keep spreading the word on mic'd up. Mock drafts, they are fun. I did love how you mentioned it yesterday. And then even afterwards, I was like, okay, writing the description for the show, I was like, <laughs> I got to change all this because we did not talk about mock drafts, mock drafts 
at all. No, the peak behind the curtain is that I have to schedule these shows every morning. And usually it's like, okay, what do I think we're going to talk about? What's, what's the big news that I think is going to be the topic? Yesterday, I thought it would be my draft, but it is today. And as I said, Todd McShay of ESPN released his, I believe it was yesterday morning when I was looking at it. And I think we're starting to get that consensus at the top of the draft, or at least it feels that way when you look at, again, I am a mock draft fan. I will read any of them, almost, that are posted. If you have a blue check mark next to your name and you put out a mock draft, I will probably read it. But with Todd McShay, you know, some of these other guys, Mel Kuyper, uh, Matt Miller, Jordan Reed, all these guys, it's starting to look like Evan Neal out of Alabama, a guy that we got to see in person. Mm-hmm. Most people are starting to put him at the first overall pick, which I do really like. Well, especially if you're Jacksonville, because you look at it with, hey, we have to move on. Um, <laughs> we had to move on from Urban Meyer as a coach and everything that took place this last offseason. That was just consistent noise and distractions. Not and a just not a good setting for the and team. Now and now it's one of these situations where you sit here and look at it and go, let's protect, let's protect Trevor Lawrence in the future of this organization here, because he's clearly your quarterback and the guy that you want to move forward with. You got to protect him. Evan Neal is clearly that guy. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I really enjoyed watching him not only play at Alabama, but like I said, getting a look at him in person was ridiculous. You can just – that's the kind of guy I would want protecting my quarterback, regardless of team. I mean, I think that he could be very, very special in not a lot of time. I don't, I don't think it's going to take him a long time to develop is what I'm trying to say as I stutter through it. I think if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, he can come in and – He's going to start somewhere on your offensive line immediately. You're not waiting for him to develop before he can be your left tackle of the future. I think he can be the left tackle of the future right now. And, you know, even moving on, I I think that we're starting to even get that consensus number two overall pick. And that's something that even when I was covering the draft, uh, you started to see as time went on, it was like, okay, we figured out who's going to be the first overall pick. We figured out who's going to be second. We have a good idea who's going to be third. And then we would always use the phrase, like, the draft starts at pick number. Because that's when you really, you're unsure of what's mm-hmm. going to happen. And there are, there's, there's surprises there in between those picks. But, I mean, even at number two overall, I feel very confident that I think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end out of Michigan. It seems like he is the consensus number two overall guy. That's who McShay has going number two. That's who a lot of people have going number two overall right now. And I like that pick. I think it fits. And again, mock drafts. For the most part, when people do these, it's not a, hey, this is what I would do if I had this pick. Yeah. It's this is what I think is going to happen. This is what I think the Detroit Lions are going to do. So you might like a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau better, but this is a prediction of what I think the Lions are going to do. And that's what I think they will do with Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is when we sit here and look at it, is what player is better for that setting? Like, I think, it, personally, in my mind, in my opinion, I think Aiden Hutchinson is a much better foundation piece for the Detroit Lions and who they want to be than Kayvon Thibodeau is. Like, I think Hutchinson fits that mold perfectly, especially when you hear the rumors out of Oregon, you know, the reports that are out of there that Thibodeau may not be as in love with football as, you know, everyone else thinks he should be in the draft. But that's also just kind of being nitpicky, and that always happens at this point of the year because I feel like the same things were kind of said about Justin Herbert on how he's not a good leader. He's not emotionally mature. He can't handle the big moments. He's not, you know, asked to do all these things. And then he comes in the NFL and everyone's like, wow, this guy can really zip it. 
He's a great leader. Everyone loves him. He's fun. Yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, okay, is it just Oregon giving bad reps for the players for whatever reason because I want him to stay? Or is it just once these guys reach the NFL, they realize the difference in level and mature very quickly? And I don't think it's a, oh, we want these guys to stay thing because it usually comes out afterwards. Yeah. Like throughout this draft process of like, oh, that's, how much does he love football? Which is, you'll get guys every year that have that question. It is a little bit of a coincidence, I guess, that it's two Oregon guys over the last couple of years that's, that have been questioned. There have been top five pick type guys uh, that have, are getting question marks. And I think it kind of relates back to guys like myself. I'm not, I'm not a super competitive person. That doesn't mean I'm going to be lazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're not getting the most out of me. I, I, I want to put out a good product. I want to win you know, games back when I was playing them. But it's not the end of the world if I don't. You're yeah. going to get 100% out of me. But afterwards, I'm going to be completely okay. I'm going to move on to the next thing. And I think sometimes that's even a benefit. Is I mean, again, we are two Kansas City Chief fans. We know that. I, I think we know. They really were into that Buffalo Bills game. I think it affected them going into Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that uber competitive side of like, oh my God, we did win this game was fantastic, but it hurt you going forward. I think it, this guys like Justin Herbert, I think that's a benefit of him. He's not going to hold on to those losses for too long. He's not going to hold on to those wins for too long either. He's going to move on. And I, I think that's pretty important out of a quarterback position. Yeah. A guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, I mean, for months we thought he was going to be the number one overall pick. I mean, we really – we, as in people that cover the draft, we're not considering anyone else and just figured he's a good pass rusher. He's going to be the number one overall pick. Todd McShay has him fall into number five to the New York Giants in his latest mock draft, and I, I could see that happening. Oh, I mean, you should love that if you're a New York Giants fan because you finally have an edge rusher. Like, that would be one of those Potentially. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it is at least. <laughs> Unless he doesn't love football, and then he craps out in a couple of years. And then that's just the Giants, of course, with that bad luck. Yeah. And I, I do like Kayvon Thibodeau, and I don't know him at all. I've never talked to him. So I, I can't really voice a, an opinion on if he loves football or not. And honestly, I don't know that it even matters at the end of the day. I think for some of these guys, it's important to be like, hey, how much do you love football? How much do you want to be here? We're even seeing it now, like we talked about yesterday. There are a lot of younger athletes, younger guys that are retiring early. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to draft a guy number one overall if his plan is to play for eight years. I mean, will I take Aaron Donald for eight years? Hell yes, I would. But I would rather take a guy that's, you know, wanting to play for 16 years. So I, I do think that it is a kind of a valid point to question like, hey, is this your end game? How much do you want to do this? How long do you want to do it for? And I, I think that's, you know, with every job. You don't want to hire somebody for a job if they're like, yeah, I want to be here for five years and then I'm going to move on somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, what's my five-year plan? Uh, be here for five years and after that, I think uh, uh-huh. I'm done. Yeah, so, I remember when I started teaching, uh, I was at a district that wasn't like the most desirable school district in the area. But one of the teachers asked me, was in like my first day, I was like, is this a stepping stone job for you? Are you looking to move on somewhere else? And I was like, oh, no, I, I hate change. I'm looking to be here for the long haul. Spoiler alert, I wasn't. <laughs> but that was my plan. But a lot of people, you know, went into that with like, this is a stepping stone to get me to a different district. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the case for, you know, even a lot of these football guys. Yeah, I, I want to do it because I'm going to make really good money doing it. And my family needs it. There's nothing against that. No. I, I would do it too. No, I do all. think that it, it should probably play a factor if you're drafting in the top five. 
especially when you have a guy like Aiden Hutchinson there. But it's also it's no guarantee that he will be good. I mean, he could be very, very bad. Uh, we looked back at what was it like the 2014 NFL draft, and there's like three good players in the first round. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Uh, was that so? Year 14 was after the 13th season. That's when Kansas City had the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. and it was like boom. Yeah, Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel. Yep, like Lane Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins. And I think there was someone else. like Kenny Vaccaro was okay. Yeah. The number um, of Pro Bowls that came out of that first round, though, were not high. Not at all, especially when you look at some of the other first-round classes that are out there. And it is crazy how the NFL can go, or I should, you know, maybe in terms of, I don't want to say generations, but, like, classes that come through, it's like, all right, this one is going to help be the future of the NFL. This one's just kind of role players. And it's like every year you have some guys that you're excited about, and then there's other classes where it feels like, that's just it. And I feel like that's what this year is. And, like, even looking at these mock drafts, it's, you know, one of them it has the Atlanta Falcons taking a quarterback at number eight. The other mm-hmm. one has them taking a receiver. And it's like, okay, both make sense. But at the same time, if you're Atlanta, do you want to take a quarterback now and have him sit for a year with Matt Ryan? Or do you want to go get a receiver and help him, you know, help Matt Ryan and that offense continue to develop and have playmakers? Like, that's one of the beautiful parts about this. And then they both have Washington taking a quarterback and Kenny Pickett. Well, yes, both of them have Kenny Pickett. And then the question comes, is Kenny Pickett like a lock for Washington? Because I felt like last year, you know what I mean, it was, hey, Najee Harris was just deemed to Pittsburgh every mock draft that you saw. Here comes the real NFL draft. Boom, that's where he's taken. Is Kenny Pickett to Washington in your mind? Is that kind of a lock and makes some sense? Well, the other draft you're looking at, that's Matt's, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That he put out on the draft scout on Monday. And then McShay put one out, I believe, on like Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know, this week's... Flying by. Yeah, I thought Tuesday was Thursday, and then Wednesday was Wednesday, and now I think today's <laughs> Tuesday, and it makes no sense. It doesn't. Not not this week. Uh, but it, it's fun to just look at these mock drafts and even compare them, especially two guys at the top of their game like uh, Matt and, and Todd McShay, who are also two really plugged-in guys. And, and like I said before, it's not always, man, this is what I would do if I had the number one overall pick. It's. I think it goes back to this is what I'm hearing. This mm-hmm. is what it seems like is going to happen. With the mock drafts, both of them have Evan Neal, one. Both of them have Aiden Hutchinson, two. Both of them have Kyle Hamilton at three. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, where, again, where we're starting to figure out, oh, okay, here's this pick, here's that pick. Yep. Here's what's next. Now the draft starts at number four. <laughs> Who are the Jets going to take? Right. It could be a pass rusher. It could be an offensive lineman. Uh, obviously, Mekhi Becton is – I think that he's pretty out. I know there are a lot of guys that still like him. Your own organization doesn't like you, though. So I think there's a very good possibility that the New York Jets take an offensive lineman. They still need a lot of help there. And uh, Joe Douglas really likes offensive linemen. Yeah, and it's just tough, especially for the Jets, to where you think you take a guy like Becton and you go, bam, we've just locked up the tackle position, the left tackle position for years. Massive human being. He had a good first year. In year two, he's injured, and it's just like, what's taking so long to recover from this? Do you just not want to be here? Do you not like playing for this organization anymore? What's going on now? It's like, okay, now we have to use another first-round draft pick to replace you and then figure out what to do with you because your draft stock's pretty much gone or trade stock's gone. Right. I And, with you know, Becton, I think you could probably still keep him as part of your future. I don't think they're going to, like, cut him or trade him this year. But if you're looking at a left tackle, I wouldn't be surprised if they went got a left tackle this year. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the NC State, the Aquano kid that I really like. Mm-hmm. And then if Makai Becton works his way back in, put him at right tackle. Would and you then do- very good off the line. <laughs> that would, on that paper would, at least. Yeah, that would be very nice. But at the same time, with that, is it easy? Would it be easier for Becton to go from left tackle and getting injured than to right tackle? I don't expect you to know that answer, but just a general yeah, question. It's just how does that? How does a guy handle that mentally? Especially when we're talking about a guy who took a significant amount of time this year to recover from an injury, depending on how it was taken care of from that medical staff of the Jets. Well, there are a lot of guys that don't want to play right tackle. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown didn't want to play right tackle yep. for some odd reason. I don't get it. I feel like if I was in the NFL playing a position, I'd be like, hell yeah, pay me my money. And I feel like you know, five, ten years ago, it was like, okay, left tackle's the guy, left tackle's the guy. It's not anymore. Yeah. They, a lot of really good players play right tackle just because that's where they're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a while back, defense has finally figured out, oh, shit, everybody's putting their best offensive lineman at left tackle. We're going to put our guy going up against the right tackle now. <laughs> So, yeah, it's fine. We'll just pass rush from that side. I That was something that I never understood as a kid. I was like, wait, they're putting their best offensive lineman at left tackle. Just move your defensive end to the other side. <laughs> And then people would be like, no, that's not his blind side. Like, it's not as scary. He's like, I, I actually don't care. Who cares so. how scary it is? Get <laughs> <Right>. to him. <laughs> yeah. And I think that some quarterbacks see so well to the left side of the field that that's not even really their blind side. Yeah. You're looking left. I mean, you're <laughs> seeing the whole field. It would be scary to see the guy coming at you the entire time. Yeah. There's you a difference the pressure between, like, the I didn't time. see it coming. Ouch, <laughs> that hurts. It's absolutely terrifying to see it happening the entire time while you're trying to ignore it and look down the field. And all of a sudden, you go from peripheral to looking straight out and going, I'm about to get my ass rocked. Yeah, you're trying this to read a defense. Hurt. Next thing you know, you're like, shit, that was one hell of a spin move. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck, he's here. Yeah. Man, watch fast. <laughs> right? It's hitting you right in the face instead of in the back. So I, I never understood that. But maybe that's a, a situation with the Jets and where they could go and, and how they could change up the situation. They would have three first-rounders on the offensive line if they took a lineman with – one of their picks in the first round this year uh, because they have Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard who they took in the first round last year. They have Makai Becton who they took a couple of years ago and then adding another young, talented guy like that to that offensive line. That might be exactly what Zach Wilson needs. <laughs> it, it definitely is. And then looking at it, because they have two picks due to the trade of Jamal Adams to Seattle. So they have picks four and ten. Um, in McShay's mock draft here, it has Derek Stingley Jr., the corner out of LSU, Going at 10. I like that fit. Here's my next question. What the hell are you going to do at receiver for the Jets? Because Denzel Mims and everyone else that's there, not necessarily working out too well. Right. They, you got to get some targets. Yeah, they need to address that wide receiver position as well. Uh, I think that maybe looking ahead to the, the second round is where you could maybe find a guy. Uh, hell, both those Alabama receivers are falling Yeah, pretty low. I don't know if they'll both fall through the second round, but they're falling I haven't seen John Metchie's name in any first-round drafts. Mm-mm. And it's, Drake London has just taken a huge jump, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. McShay's got him here in the top 10 to Atlanta. That's yeah. the one where it's just like, holy smokes, okay. Yeah, him and Traylon Burks, the yeah. big receiver out of Arkansas, both of those guys taking a big leap to where, uh, like I said, been looking at a lot of these mock drafts. A lot, of, a lot of them have those guys going top 15 at least, which is crazy. But, I mean, we're still months away. We haven't even had the combine yet. You know, what's crazy, too, is a lot of these guys, you see them right here, and they're they're drafted, mock drafted, top 10, and it's pretty consensus on what's going to happen. 
until they get to the combine and they, you know, somebody looks at a hamstring and they're like, wait a second, this thing doesn't look good. And they fall. Uh, You're gone. It feels like they always fall to the Tennessee Titans and they will pick them up. Like Jeffrey Simmons, like <laughs> yep. he, he got knocked for being injured in the pre-draft process. Now he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. And I don't even think he missed any games. Uh, his year, if he did, it wasn't enough to be like, oh shit. His rookie year, I think he missed like the first seven or eight games. And then it was like, okay, you need a week to kind of get prepared and ready to go. And all of a sudden it was like, boom, here he is. Holy shit, look at the Titans defense now. Now they have that pass rush that they've been missing. Yeah. Right there in the rookie. Right. And like but, I said, he's now he's he played in nine games as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So he missed quite a few games to start out the year. Yeah, and it was because of the injury that he had been dealing with. But still, I mean, he played nine games as a rookie. That's a pretty good. You know, do you have his stats in front of you? Uh, yeah, I do. Because I mean, he, he was uh, an impact too. I don't think he was just kind of playing to play. Yeah, he he had two sacks in nine games, which is not a lot, but he did. He was very good and impactful. And then even this last season, he had eight and a half. But he is a guy who's establishing himself as very good against the run, but also can pressure the quarterback. Yep. But a lot of people looked at him pre-draft and like, oh, no, he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, because he missed like six games his rookie year, people didn't draft him. And then the same thing last year with the corner that they took. I can't think of his name off the top of my uh, head. Caleb Farley. Yeah, out of Virginia Tech. He's yep. like, oh, he's hurt. He's going to miss. I don't know how the fuck I remembered that all of a sudden. Look yeah, at me look go. At you. <laughs> well, pat on the back. Draft guy. Speaking but, of Titans, both of these mock drafts had them taking an edge rusher. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's just one thing that the Titans do, I think. I think Mike, Mike Vrabel has a type, and people know it. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he wants that like, kind of alpha dog, big name guy that's going to I'm going to go find myself is what he's probably doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find me. But at the same time, it makes sense of looking at these because when you see their offense, they're fine there. You got Hulu, you got A.J. Brown, you got Derek Cannon, you have a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Keep building on that defense. Find a way to stop these other power high-scoring offenses in the NFL in teams that you're going to face in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's necessarily your division, <laughs> but the rest of the league. Um, right. And that's kind of one thing, too, leading into that is when you look at some of these other teams that are – Picking in the later round of the in the at the draft in round one, excuse me. It's what are they going to do? Because we see a guy like Trevor Penning, whose name was just skyrocketing through the Senior Bowl. You know, leading up to we got to see him the week prior in Dallas, which was awesome. O line masterminds, and then the the week directly following that, it was boom. Here we are in Senior Bowl in Mobile. This kid just tore up, made his name for himself. Now, I mean, yes, he was a lock for number one draft or number one round. Excuse me, it seemed like. Now he's sitting here kind of falling to 29 in terms of McShay's draft, a mock draft. Do you think that's a guy that can continue to rise or fall, or is he just going to kind of continue to fluctuate in these mock drafts and just land in the middle somewhere? There is absolutely no way Trevor Penning will be there picking up 29. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. This dude is too <laughs> freaky. I don't like to speak in absolutes, like, oh, this will absolutely happen. He will not be there 29. <laughs> He's too good. And when seeing him at the Senior Bowl, seeing him in Dallas like we did, he's going to light it up at the Combine. Mm-hmm. So if like, anybody out there is listening to this and like, oh, who are some guys that are going to raise their stock after the Combine? Apparently, there are still people that don't believe Trevor Penning's a top 15 pick. Yeah. He is. The offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Is he a left tackle or a right tackle? Yeah, either way. Is he just a football mm-hmm. player? He's an offensive lineman. Yeah, he is whatever position you want him to be. I think he can do both. If you view him as your marquee left tackle, I think you're getting a good one. And this if, is a guy who can still windmill dunk. I saw that video yeah. and almost cried because it, it was like, you know, that's if you're a so team impressive. That has a left tackle that's very good, throw him on the right side. 
And that's why I, I keep putting him to the Ravens. It's going to be scary, but I think they're going to address that offensive line. He's a guy that's very good at run blocking and pass blocking. This is what I'm going to do. Trevor Penning sucks. He's an awful human being. Mm-hmm. He's not very nice. He's not even good at football. We're going to keep doing that until he falls. Right there at number 30, Kansas has got the right tackle of the future. I tried that like two years ago with somebody, and I don't remember who it was. I was trying to create the narrative of this guy sucks, don't draft him. Yeah. Let him I don't. I do remember you doing that, but I don't remember the play. Maybe I should switch, switch this. I don't want to say he sucks because he's clearly not. He's just – and I don't want to say he's a bad human being. He's just so nice of a person that when the game tape comes on, it's like, hey, actually doesn't want to hurt anybody. I can't say that because we just watched yeah, the Ohio State. Yeah, I was going to say, off. that is a, a completely – Ohio awesome. State, yeah. He's too mean, too aggressive. I don't know, how, to, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to just – Well, you can clearly see from the senior bowl he's not a locker room guy. His teammates are going to hate him. He's too aggressive. He's going to get somebody hurt out there. That's right. I mean, he threw someone into his own quarterback's legs. Mm-hmm. You never want to see that. That's your franchise. He's throwing defenders into goalposts. You know, like, there's no place for that in the NFL. No, and then he's going to kill drives, too. Not in the first 29 picks, that's for sure. And it's the after after the whistle stuff, the extra the extra shoving. What, you're going to tack on a 15-yard penalty there? Boom, there's a drive killer. Mm-hmm. You don't want that as a right Undisciplined. Tackle. Undisciplined and childish. That's an issue. Speaking of undisciplined, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley have called off their engagement. I don't think anybody was surprised at this one, but it is, it's just hilarious. So here's the guy. thing. She's on the market again. <laughs> they, saying there's a chance. You know what's really weird? There's, there's a big uh, difference between people who find Shailene Woodley attractive and people who don't think she's attractive. Yeah, I don't understand how you don't find her attractive. Though. I don't either. <laughs> not saying you directly. I'm saying anyone else out there. No, I know. I you, I also think she's attractive. Very proud of myself for calling the fact that I didn't think this relationship was ever going to work out because she had no idea who the heck this guy was. To Probably. her, this was just an attractive dude who's an athlete. Then once you really start diving in there, it's like he's actually a weirdo. He plays guitar at uh, house parties when there's six people. That's weird. He's got old wiry hair. He's got a gray in his beard. He's an old dude. Oh, and he's a quarterback in the NFL. Who's pretty good. Didn't even realize that. Didn't realize how good he was. That's a red flag in my mind. I said that when we were on radio over a year ago. Look at it now. Right? You can't date someone and not realize who they are. I or think you can. Or understand their profession in a way of how valuable they are, in my opinion. To me, I think that it was maybe even like a, a scheduling conflict. of Like, holy shit, this guy is busy all the time. Yeah. He's traveling. And when he's not traveling, you know, he's at practice. He's breaking up film. I think – from the outside looking in, that's what I would guess would be the problem of, wow, you're putting in 72 hours a week and you travel every weekend or you're not here. Because a lot of teams, even on a Saturday night, if you're at home, you're going and you're staying in a team hotel mm-hmm. to be ready for Sunday. So you're gone Saturday and Sunday every week. Yep. Not a lot of people prepared to take that on. And then you're not even going to the games on Sunday. So now you're mad that they're, they got to go do their own thing and you don't want to go and support that. That's on you. I'm not saying Woodley's a bad person. She's great. She's also, I don't know if she's doing any movies right now. I don't know. She's just mad chilling this fall. (laughs) Her fiance is not around. I'm putting all the blame on this. Again, I don't know either one of these. I've read zero content on it. I blame Aaron Rodgers 100%. Oh, you have to. He's the only person to blame. And his hair. He's very good at ruining relationships. Ask his fan. Or mind, they're not around. Yeah, they won't talk to him. Uh, (laughs) Olivia Munn, wasn't that? 
Yeah. The last one. Dan, uh, Patrick. Patrick was the last one I thought. I didn't know they ever broke up. <clears throat> and it was like, boom, Aaron Rodgers is engaged to Shane Lee Woodley. I was like, I didn't know his last relationship ended. Mm-hmm. That's on me. But do you think this um, hurts or helps the odds that he stays with the Green Bay Packers? Ooh, I wonder how much that maybe that affected the relationship as well with, wait, I thought we were both in agreement on shitting on these guys that you're only going to be here one more year. You want to stay? While we were in Hawaii, we both said, fuck Green Bay. <laughs> and now you're not saying that. I don't know. I do think that maybe it plays a little bit into it. I but, thought you were going to go to San Francisco. We can be in California together. Mm-hmm. You're going to play stay? two more years with the Niners. And that didn't happen. <laughs> so maybe that is what's going on. Look at us. We just figured it out. And we Screw you. Too. Also, I think it goes to show the commitment issues of Aaron Rodgers. So if 100%. you're the Green Bay Packers, you can't trust him at all. You can't trust anything he says. Now he's coming back. Last year it was, I hate you. I can't stand your sneaking guts. I'm going to find one more time. You get one last chance. Now it's I love you and I want to stay here. Hopefully everybody has already realized that you shouldn't trust Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and what he says. I mean, if he leaves the Green Bay Packers this offseason, he might do so on worse terms than Brett Favre did. You think it would be worse terms? I guess it would be the old snip snap of I'm staying. I don't want to go. Yeah, maybe maybe not worse, but I mean it's it's right up there. Should I stay or should I go? Maybe I wonder how many times he's listened to that song. Uh, it's just number one on Spotify Wrapped. <laughs> Even if like if he takes players with him, like a Devonte Adams, if he takes Devonte Adams with him, I think that's worse than Brett Favre. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. Or if even if he doesn't take Devonte Adams with him, but Ju- uh, Jordan Love comes in. If Jordan Love sucks. I think Packers fans hate Aaron Rodgers more than they do Brett Favre. Because even when Favre left, it's like, yeah, whatever, see you later. We have Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers played very well. So I think that kind of eased the pain of, oh, shit, we just lost Brett Favre. Favre. But if Jordan Love comes in and is not good, people are going to be pissed at Aaron Rodgers for leaving. It was also the fact that Aaron Rodgers was able to take that team to the Super Bowl like pretty quickly after getting the job. Was it like year two or three? It never happened again. Huh? (laughs) And it never happened again. (laughs) And that's – somebody pointed it out last night to us, sent us a DM. I I think it was our guy Brooks. But like the last 16 guys to make their Super Bowl debut and lose never made it back to the Super Bowl. Yep. And, of course, a lot of these guys are still gone, like a, a Jimmy Garoppolo and stuff like that. But, yeah, each of the last 16 quarterbacks to lose in their Super Bowl debut, like Joe Burrow did, never made it back to a Super Bowl. <laughs> There's something to that. I think you're right. Sorry for laughing here, but Brooks also just said Rodgers won't ever retire because the only reason Tom Brady retired was for his family. Rodgers ain't going to have that excuse. No. He, it, like, if he does, he's going to seclude himself in Nashville. Like, <laughs> Is he still buying a house in Nashville? I don't know. Maybe that was Woodley's problem as well. I don't want to build a fucking house in Tennessee. Maybe that was his one last, like, hey, we can work this out. Let's build a house together. Because <laughs> building a house makes everything better. Same with having a child. I love you so much. I don't want to end this. Let's have a baby. <laughs> Maybe, you know, it's along those lines. But we'll see what happens with the whole Rogers thing. Uh, they didn't feel like they were together for very long. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I need to get back into the old blogs for the celebrity blogs, figure out who's dating who. Remember how I was saying I was on, I had the uh, People magazine subscription? Oh, yeah. And I started talking about it. Now I don't get them anymore. And I was like, damn. Yeah, this you is were like downplaying a key time like where you. I could use it. I needed all the Kim 
Kardashian, Pete Davidson, and Kanye news. Right. Slap that in the People Magazine and send it to me. I might have to go sign up for the description myself. I think you should. It, it I don't know who us. did it, but it was hilarious. The fact that I was getting those in the mail consistently every month. <laughs> right. Um, also, we had the Rams uh, Super Bowl parade yesterday. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of content from it. Uh, not like we have in you know the past two years with the Buccaneers. Obviously, it was Tom Brady stealing the show, throwing the Super Bowl trophy. Gronk. And uh, the year before it was the Chiefs, and they were you know, chugging beers on the buses and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of video from the Rams parade. You know, I didn't either. I don't know how many people were really there. Either. Yeah, I did see some stuff that was like, hey, it's about an hour away, and the you know, streets really aren't lined. There aren't very many people in attendance. So, I mean, L.A. is just such a big city, and there's so much going on all the time. I what they should have done was that championship parade. parade with everybody, taking the Dodgers and the Lakers there too. Yeah. You should have waited and really figured that out. There's no reason to do that on a fucking Wednesday. Well, they always do it so quickly. Yeah, I would have waited till the weekend. Let everyone get off of work and come in. It is kind of weird that they do it on like a Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. Why, why not wait till Saturday? I'm trying to think what Kansas City did. but I It just was during the week. It was? Mm-hmm. I don't remember because I just told my job. I told my boss, like, I will not be here. She's like, for well, the you got to ask one? off. I was like, I am telling you right now, I will not be at work. Yeah, for the Chiefs parade. And I went and stood outside in the freezing cold. I thought, okay. I didn't go to either one, but I know they were during the week. Yeah, I, I don't remember the Royals. the Royals I didn't go to. The the school kind of manipulated me. The college was, this my mom used to do this too, and it really got me because it was like, <laughs> it made me think. But the school was like, hey, you're an adult. You have your own money. That's your decision. You can make it. And I was like, oh. Guess I'll be the bigger person and just stay here and go to school because I don't want to go to a parade. Should have gone to the parade. But the reason I say my mom should do it, because I'd be like, hey, mom, can I go to the bowling alley with my friends? She'd be like, I don't care, Taylor. That's your decision. It's your money. You can spend it however you want. I was like, fuck. I better save my money. You know what the first red flag is? That your mom calls you by your middle name. Yep. I'm not trying to out her. You do that enough. <laughs> That's weird to me. <laughs> she calls everyone by the middle name. She's always done that. That's weird. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's normal to me. I, know. I know it is to you, but I'm telling you, that's weird. she only used my first name with me like when she was trying to get my attention, I wasn't paying attention, or I was in trouble. Uh, Other than yeah. that, it's just like I don't know. Hey Taylor, what's up? Yeah. That's you told that little story. All I heard was your mom calls you by your middle name. Your mom doesn't call you Heath? And only if I were in trouble. Yeah. Oh, I got the full name when I was in trouble. Yeah. No, I didn't get the full name. I got the first, like, first and middle. Austin it, it, Austin, when you named your kids, did you uh, practice yelling the name to see how good it came out? No, I don't have to yell. My kids are good. I feel like I pra- if I were to come up with names, I would be like, I'd have to practice yelling the name. I feel like that's a toxic trait. Both of my daughters are named after their grandparents, their grandmas. That's cool. Oldest daughter named after my wife's mother. I don't think I'll name my kids after their grandparents. Yeah. My mom's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't want to take too No, my mom's, my mom's cool. She's just freaking weird. <laughs> Clearly. I love my mom. I love my mom. Name. That's weird. Uh, weird but now. with the, the Super Bowl parade, I didn't see much of it. I did see Aaron Donald shirtless, flexing. No one Was he flexing or is he just naturally always flexing? No, I, I saw him doing like the like WWE type rest, like wrestling flexing. But okay. he was also just walking around like just normal. And he looks incredible. If I look like that, 
I wouldn't even own shirts. <laughs> no. If I had to go to a nice maybe. event and wear a blazer, that's all I would wear. There's no sleeves on it, though. No. I'm Ripped walking around like I'm the hawk. Like, yeah, they just don't have my size for these guns. So I had to cut it off. Before I walk in, you see, like, can I even come in this building? What do you mean? <laughs> Concealed carry. Two guns. You would. Thank God. I have. <laughs> but he did make a comment about running it back, which obviously is interesting because there were reports before the Super Bowl that he might retire. I, I think we can put that to rest now. And also uh, Sean McVay's, I guess it's his fiance, mm-hmm. put on Instagram that he's not retiring either. So I guess they're coming back. But also... I've said some really dumb things when I was drunk, and they are not true. My boy, that's exactly my mindset. <laughs> I don't believe that at all because it was Sean McVay that had to tell the MC to ask Aaron Donald, hey, do you want to run it back? And Aaron Donald's like, you motherfucker, I'm trying to enjoy this It's for the last time. It's like when a girl gets proposed to in a public setting. She has to say yes. Yes. But then she so might, awkward. you know, run to the other room and be like, you motherfucker. The answer is no, I don't want to be engaged <laughs> yeah. to right now. Take your ring. Ashley, I'll take it. I'm going to go pawn this bitch. That's probably what happened with Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. She's like, you motherfucker. Like, we're, I'm going to let this breathe for a little bit. But the answer is clearly no. If you can't win a ring, I don't want this one either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to get a Super Bowl <laughs> ring before you put one on my finger. Uh, but it, maybe they, those two will come back. Even with the Sean McVay thing, she says he's not retiring. Maybe he's going to a different career, though, because that's not like retiring. Yeah. I left the teaching profession. I didn't retire from it. Ooh. So it's like it's semantics. Yeah. The wordplay there. Yeah. With Aaron Donald, he can just be like, yeah, I was fucking drunk at a parade. What would you expect me to say? And Aaron Donald said, if we can bring back the team full of superstars, then we can run it back and maybe win another and then win another championship and do this again. And that's kind of similar to what we heard so with the Bucks last year. They're going to lose one player, and he's like, didn't bring the team back. I'm done. That's on you guys, not me. I said yeah. what I said. I said I wanted Eric Weddle back, and you couldn't provide. <laughs> so I'm gone. I'm done. Yeah. I, we'll see. I, I feel like he's a guy that would probably stay true to his word. But at the same time, putting a microphone in front of these guys' face when they are clearly drunk and then expecting us to like hold them to their word, nah. It's hilarious. I love it. it. But I do love the fact that players are just getting drunk during these Super Bowl parades now. And how we've all just accepted it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can be on TV. Just please try to watch your mouth. Because even I remember back to the, the Chiefs parade. It was like, okay, Mahomes is clearly drunk. Kelsey's mm-hmm. clearly drunk. But it was kind of like hush, hush. Yep. It's like we didn't, we didn't talk about it, but we knew <laughs> They were drunk. And then last year with Tom Brady, it's like, oh, Brady's fucking trash. And then, you know, Matt Stafford is just chugging from tequila bottles and they're drunk. Let those guys celebrate. Mm -hmm. As long as they're doing it responsibly. Like even Tom Brady last year had like the backup quarterbacks taking care of him. And it was like, "Eh, no big deal here. Let him get drunk. Should he have thrown the Super Bowl trophy? Eh, maybe not. It's okay. So it's whatever. Yep. With these guys getting drunk at the Rams parade, I haven't seen anybody. I know I did with the Chiefs. I know I did with the Buccaneers. They're like, these guys shouldn't be getting drunk in public, blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen any of that with the Rams, but also I don't know how many people were watching or tuned into the Rams parade. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like some of the other parades that we've seen, like 
with the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Eagles, there was a lot of like beer cans being thrown to and from the buses or the trucks or whatever they were riding on. I don't feel like we necessarily saw that with the Rams. We didn't see a lot of that fan engagement through the parade. And if if there is any, I, I personally haven't seen it yet. Right, same. Yeah. And it's not something I usually like even go out of my way to look for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even last year with the Bucks, it was everywhere. Maybe it was a little bit of a slow news day that day, usually after the Super Bowl is. But, you know, there was also this Matt Stafford thing that is not a good look for him. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a photographer trying to take his picture. And it looks like she stepped back and fell off of mm-hmm. the stage area, which was, it looks like it's about eight feet high. I don't know that for sure. I just saw the videos. But in the video, you see her fall off the screen. Matt Stafford sees her and then just walks away. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's not a good look. <laughs> public relations wise, that is not a good look. And thank God his wife like went and tried to help the lady. He he sees it and he turns around and walks the other way. <laughs> I I know that look because I've been in a state of like drunkenness and see something happen and go, oh shit. Time to get out of this situation. So, <laughs> yeah. like, because like, what what is he going to provide? What, exactly. what, is he going to go stand over there and be like, "Yo, you good? No, uh, can someone help her?" Right. Like he, yeah, he probably should have checked on her. Like clearly, like don't go try to help her. You're not in a state to do that. <laughs> yeah. And I've done the same thing before too. Honestly, I've seen girls fall at the bar and be like, "I'm walking away from this situation. <laughs> I don't want to be caught with this." <laughs> yeah, you never know what's going to happen. I'm walking away from it. Somebody's going to help her. And yeah, clearly he probably should have been like, hey, miss, are you okay? And if she says anything, it's like, all right, I'm done here. I've I've checked that box. Thankfully, yep. his wife did. Uh, but it sounds like she fractured her back and is in pretty rough shape. Oh. And I know there's a GoFundMe that's out there on, on Twitter right now because she fractured her back and also broke a lot or all of her equipment. Yeah, I saw that she broke both cameras. And that shit is expensive. You're talking about a couple thousand dollars each for some of those cameras. So, I mean, hopefully she's okay. Hopefully she finds a way to get her equipment paid for. I love that GoFundMe will do that in certain situations. Are there really dumb ones out there? Yes. But in this one, yeah, buy a new camera. Yeah. Even if they are insured, throw throw a little cash her way. Everybody pitches in 10 bucks. Nobody's, Nobody's losing anything off that. You won't remember it. That's a cup of coffee a day for those of you that drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty right. damn close. If you get bucks? a large, uh, it's five normally. But if you get anything extra or spruce it up or whatever, go up an extra size. It runs about seven, eight bucks. And what is nice a, to throw in a tip? You tip people at Starbucks? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Like, if wow, you want to, you could. They have a little tip jar. And I, I say that just because I don't know. I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Last the little time, coffee shit, the the local one that I go to, I'll tip the baristas because I see how busy they are answering the phone and shit. And it's like you guys are doing a hell of a job. Here's a little really cute. Bucks. Look at me giving you some tip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're holding like two dollars. They're waiting for them Woo! to turn back around to be like, I want to put it in the jar, but I want you to see me put it in the jar. <laughs> yeah. Like you think she's looking, and then she turns her head and you take the money back. <laughs> and the person that's actually around the cash register is like, "Are you fucking tipping us or not?" It's like, oh. <laughs> we have a line of 12 people. <laughs> Put the 250 in the jar, you motherfucker. Uh, but another guy who's getting a tip in his jar is Jim Harbaugh. And gets a contract extension at Michigan. It's going to be a five-year, $36.6 million extension. 
pretty interesting for a guy that just took a pay cut and was almost fired. Uh, I will say the buyout on his contracts are small. They would not scare away any college team or NFL team. No one would even bat an eye at like, oh, God, we have to pay him $3 million on a buyout. That is chump change. (laughs) And it's stupid how much chump change or how little chump change that is for these guys. Uh $3 million? Let me make a phone call. Maybe two, maybe three. And then we'll just raise our ad prices and we're going to make this money back in no time. Exactly. And, you know, if you're an NFL team that's looking to hire him away, because I do think that would probably be the play. If it's $3 million this year, you don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, you cut guys to save $3 million. So it's <laughs> it's really not even a like a discussion point. I think you would just have to run it by the owner and be like, hey, his buyout's $3 million. And the owner would be like, that's it? Like three, that's all we have yeah. to pay? Boom. And I, I still do wonder if his future is at Michigan. Even with him signing this extension, I wonder if his future is at Michigan or if he'll try to get back into the NFL. Yeah, and I do feel like, I mean, the, the five-year $36 million, that's a pretty good chunk of change, but it's not that much when you compare some of these other college coaches that are also getting raises and, you know, <laughs> more money and deals with teasing the idea of possibly leaving or going somewhere else. I think this was mainly done just in terms of recruiting. Yeah. Where it's to, like, hey, Ashley, look, he is going to be here. He is like, he is the future coach. So you don't have yeah. to worry about that. You so, yeah, if kids or parents ask about his future with the program, they can go out and say, hey, just signed a five-year extension. So he's going to be here. Not always true. He's going to be paid, you know, roughly $7 million a year. That's pretty good money if you can get your hands on it. Definitely. And, you know, um, Luke Fickle also signed an extension. We didn't really talk about that, but even with Luke Fickle, he was uh, one of those guys who was very wanted, but it made it very difficult for him throughout the interview process because he was preparing for the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he does take an extension with Cincinnati, and it's for about $5 million a year through uh, 2028. It makes him the third highest paid coach in the Big 12. Uh, obviously, he'd be the highest in the American Conference. The only coaches making more than him in the Big 12, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas and Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They will be gone very, very soon. <laughs> and Luke Fickle will be the highest paid coach in the Big 12. Yep. I think in 2023 is probably where we see things really take a change. And you get the Cincinnati's of the world in the Big 12 and you get Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big 12. Is Cincinnati officially in the Big 12 now or does that start next I don't, you know, honestly, I don't even remember. There was so much transition there that I, I don't think that it's this season. Well, they were the school that like reacted pretty quickly, right? Where it's like, we're in the Big Twelve. Boom! Here's this background panel already, and we're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys! Like, you just got the offer, right? <laughs> it's like, yep, yep, we're here. You barely accepted. Excited to be excited to be offered. Right. It's like, we know you printed that before it was public. <laughs> accepted. So what's going on there? Uh, it looks like they're still going to be a part of the American Conference for next year. I, I can't find anything that says they're joining the Big 12, uh, but it is still very early in the process. I would expect them to do it in 2023. And I do think that's when we're going to see a lot of the change happen. That You know, these guys move and Mm-hmm. Texas and OU go to the SEC and start getting their asses kicked. And then Cincinnati can come in. I Honestly, they might run the Big 12. Yeah. So with Luke Fickle, if you can get him to stay there and you're paying him good money now, if he's happy with Cincinnati, I wouldn't be surprised if they are you know, right up there. Who's going to stop them? Baylor? I know a lot of Oklahoma people are State. Them, but Oklahoma State. Like, Iowa State. 
and that might be it. I mean, that might be the Big 12. Kansas State, if they ever figure it out and get a, you know, let me tell you, an above average quarterback. They won't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's the Big 12 and the future of it. I'm happy for Luke Fickle. I do wonder with him, though, if he's still eyeing other jobs. I think joining the Big 12 was a good move by Cincinnati in that program, but I don't know if that's going to be moving to the Big 12, paying him money. I don't know if that's enough to keep him at Cincinnati. Yeah, and it's also going to be tough because you're going to have to kind of reload for Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like you're losing your star quarterback. That's going to be tough to move forward with. No matter how big of a star he is, for Cincinnati is a pretty big deal. You lost your quarterback, your running back, your top receiver, your top pass rusher, almost all your secondary. It could be tough for Cincinnati next year. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know I don't know what they have at quarterback behind Ritter. I know they signed some three star quarterback that they were pretty excited about in the fall. I don't know if maybe he comes in and he torches it. Yeah. He lights it up and we're like, How the hell is this guy at Cincinnati? Or maybe he never starts a game there. We don't know. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, I like Luke Fickle. So I'm kind of, he's a guy that I root for. I want to see him do well. And I would be happy if he did well in the Big 12. Yeah. I feel like Luke Fickle is one of those guys that you want to root for. Like you want to see him be successful. Yeah. I feel like there's some guys you're like, actually, dude, I don't care how well you do. There's other guys right. who's like, I hope you don't win a freaking game. And then there's Luke Fickle, and you're like, have some success, Bob. Even I mean, like guys like Marcus Freeman, who took over at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I find myself rooting for him. 100%. Ryan Kelly, I'm on the fence. <laughs> it's just a stupid dancing videos. And then the fact that you lost the recruit, mainly <laughs> probably because of that. Yeah, because you grinded on him. <laughs> you like this? You like this school? <laughs> Me and my family are happy to have you here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I. So with Brian Kelly, like, I don't know. I, and we met him at the senior bowl, and I was like, wow, this guy's actually a lot nicer than I thought he was going to be. And he's actually a pretty cool dude. Who? I'm sorry? Brian Kelly. I'm he, still laughing at the joke that I made because I just keep going. <laughs> you like this song? My wife's favorite song. Getting boogie with it. <laughs> is that how that goes? I love LSU. He, I will tell you, the guy that I've seen on recruiting videos is not the guy that I met in Mobile. 100% not. I don't know if that's what it takes to recruit down there or if somebody's like, hey, by the way. This guy uh, we've talked about it before. Like, the dude's a very smooth talker. And it's just he relates to you. He looks you in the eye when he He's talks. from like, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to pull this bullshit Not, Not no more. I'm from LSU. <laughs> right? I'm you, a freaking tiger. <laughs> if he does the go tigers thing, if he picks up, that'd be hysterical. I think it would be. I think it, it, it would probably piss a lot of people off. I wonder how the LSU fans would feel about it, though. Because, honestly, that's all that matters. Of how LSU fans feel about... About him using the Go Tigers thing. I think you have to, don't you? I don't know that you have to. But I do. I think some people would be like, hey, that was Coach O's thing. Like, yeah. Do your own thing. Man, you like, win one national championship, Bruce though. Buffett. Do whatever the fuck you want. Maybe. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> Is LSU even going to be good next year? No. Short answer, no. (laughs) That was a very quick response. Absolutely not. No, I I like speaking absolutes. I'm I'm on the fence with Brian Kelly. Like I said, I do think he's a good coach. They lost a lot of guys there. They they had some guys return, but they lost a lot of guys there. You know when things really started falling apart for LSU? When they lost the guy who made those hype videos. Maybe. 
I mean, I think a lot of people would look at when they lost Joe Burrow and say that's probably. But they lost the video guy first. <laughs> Joe Burrow said, you know what? He left. I guess I will go to the NFL. Is that where he's at now? The video the guy? The hype guy? I yeah. think he's actually at USC. <laughs> Everybody transfers to USC. Yeah. Which sucks. I For most people, it sucks. But here's the thing. If USC is good this next year and they got the hype videos, <laughs> What's up? It's going to be really weird for me, and I'm going to have to like retrain my brain to not hate Lincoln Riley. Like, I have no reason to hate uh, That's kind of what I was just thinking as I was talking about it. Because I almost just said, I was like, Lincoln Riley's not at OU. That's what we've been asking for for two years. He's gone. Right. I get- Can I actually respect him? I, I always respected him. Well, I didn't. I, like, I'll be really honest. root for him? <laughs> oh, I didn't like the guy. Saw him in Mobile one time. Didn't talk to him. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> True story. Would you, did you meet him? I didn't, but I saw him. <laughs> was this another one of those Cliff Kingsbury situations uh-huh. where everyone in the group said, you're lying? No, I swear Where to God. was I at? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was the, before you started traveling with us. But I, we were still doing stick to football, I know. And I think it was me, Matt, Connor, and some other people that were waiting on the elevator. Here comes Lincoln Riley. Matt talked to him, and I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I have nothing to say to you. Was it at Lad? Yeah. Was I there? Just don't remember. I don't know. I mean, he's it's hard to miss. He's a tall guy. He's yeah. probably six three. I remember riding in the elevator with Andrew, uh, NFL Network guy, Siliani. Yeah, short dude. Oh yeah, all those media guys are. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a difference between being short. There's a like height this... threshold at NFL Network. You have to be under six feet tall. <laughs> oh, you actually played in the NFL though. Okay, you can be. Welcome to the team. But even then, it's like, all right, Maurice Jones-Drew. Who did they have that is tall? Peter Schrager is actually sneaky tall. Really? Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever seen him. He, <laughs> he kind of looks like he'd be like a little nerdy guy. He's not. He seems like a big goof nerd, 100%. Right? I want to say he's like six foot two, though. You can still be a nerf. Uh, a, a nerf. Yeah. <laughs> you can <laughs> a be a nerd and be nerd. six two. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Um, this don't look at the internet because I've seen Peter Schrager in person. It says he stands at five feet nine. No, he doesn't. He's taller than I am, and I'm five eleven. So he's I mean he's every bit of six one. I would think. So about the same height as me. And he does seem like a big guy on TV. That's like even standing with the other guys that are there, like Kyle Brandt. I feel like he's really short too. I think he's probably average height. What is average height anymore? I don't I, know. I think I'm average height, which is five ten, five eleven. Because I say that I am average height, but which I think I am, but people will be like, no, you're not. You're short. Right? Well, no, I'm not. I'm average. But then I'll see some people and they're like, no, you're tall. No, I'm average. Uh, so I think that just solidifies It's big, I swear. No, it's average. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't, don't go around telling people I'm tall and get them excited for it. Yeah. I'm average. Yeah. Satisfying, but average. Satisfying average is a good place to be. Right, I've been telling a lot of people that. <laughs> it's what I it's what I brag about. Kyle Brandt is six feet tall. What? I don't believe that at all. It's what Google says. Well, I guess if it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> it has to be. So that's uh, on me. How about a little basketball talk, though? Last night, Anthony Davis hurts his ankle. It doesn't look good. I know the bench from the other team. I can't even remember who they were playing last night. Yeah, had a pretty Utah strong Jazz. reaction to it. But it looks like he's going to miss time again. Even the Lakers came out and said, like, we're going to reevaluate him after the All-Star game, which is in 
It's actually it's coming up. Is it? Is All Star Game this weekend? Because if it is, I just got excited. I actually I don't know. I think it's if it's not this weekend, it's next. I thought it was like the twenty second through the twenty fourth. I kind of hope so because I'm busy this weekend. (laughs) Ah, it's Sunday. Is it really? Yeah, I mean it's a dunk contest. Is Saturday? Fuck. That's that's another exciting piece though. No, but it looks like Anthony Davis is going to miss some time. This is just hey, here's this the him thing. every year. At this time. did you see what shoes he was wearing? Huh? I, I saw the injury, but I didn't look at it. If that makes How sense. in the hell are you going to be a big guy in the NBA and wear low top basketball shoes? <clears throat> I never understood dudes that wore low tops. No, like you're asking to twist your fucking ankle. You're oh, yeah. asking for that thing to touch the floor, and that's exactly what happened. People might say, oh, are the high-top shoes really going to like protect make difference? Yes. That's why they're made. Or even like, you know, the mid-tops. Yes. I think he was wearing like Kobe's, those real low-top shoes <sighs> that dip way down underneath your ankle. Yeah. I, I don't. I've known some guys. I've played with guys before that would wear those shoes. <clears throat> Not for me. Me I would either. always wear a pretty high-top shoe. Yep. But, I mean, for Anthony Davis, I don't know what LeBron's thought process is right now with him being with the Lakers. He's got to be getting pretty sick of it. With the Russell Westbrook stuff, now Anthony Davis getting hurt again. I mean, I would be pissed. You you go and win a championship with the Lakers in the bubble. That's awesome and exciting. You probably should have been back there last year. But everyone got hurt, including yourself. But it's the fact that no one else is able to step up and help this team win is what would be aggravating for LeBron. Especially at this point in his career, because I think this is why he wanted Westbrook. This is why he wanted Anthony Davis. Yeah, he he has a real opportunity to go win another ring, and these guys are kind of ruining that for him. (laughs) Yeah, but I will say at the same time, every time I talk about this Lakers team, it was LeBron who brought these guys in. 100%. I feel like he's got a very strong opinion, at least. I mean, it's above 51%. You should have went and got Damian Lillard and like Jokic as your big guy. Uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan is a guy that's been making a lot of news lately. That is, and I saw the meme the other day of it's you know old LeBron and young LeBron, and the meme was go get DeRozan. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should have done. Like I, DeMar DeRozan on this team, you could have got him for cheap. Yep, from San Antonio. He's taking over games right now. He's good. He's strong defensively. I just. I think that should have been the move. And as good as LeBron is, it's almost like a Bill Belichick thing. Player LeBron bails out GM LeBron all the time because <laughs> he's actually not very good at building a team. I know he's got a lot of championships, but at the same time, like he'll bring in a guy like Kevin Love and you're like, wait, he doesn't fit into this equation. He's not playing yeah. that well. Or he'll bring in a Russell Westbrook. So player LeBron has bailed out GM LeBron so many times 100 percent, and like the fact that he was able to take over the game last night to help them win it's awesome seeing that out of lebron at this age and time it's just can you do that every game for the rest of the year right i like, mean it's, it's just only february you're gonna be playing through what june yeah one thing that does surprise me about lebron is how much better of a shooter he has become like, from the left side of the three-point line, it's like it's a lock that that ball's going in. 
And it's a stupid little step back thing that he does. I don't even know if it's a step back. It's, it's not. Just it's like, a shimmy. It's just like a little side <laughs> skip because he doesn't even go backwards. It's right. He doesn't move. And shoots it. And it looks like, you old fucker. Like, that's not going yeah. in. Swish. Like, he hit that shit. shot last night even. And it's like he's shaking his shoulders. And it's like, is he going to move? But watch his feet because his feet don't go anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his whole body no like jiggles. him actually driving to the basket. But he creates space. And people are like, oh, fuck, he moved his shoulders. He might go. And, like, the defender has to react with him. When yeah. in reality, this motherfucker knew three seconds ago he's taking the three. He's not moving <laughs> off of his When he spot. does a little left-hand <laughs> dribble, he looks down, kind of, like, wipes his nose. And then, like, looks up and shoots it. It's like... How in the world is that move so damn successful? Maybe one of the most predictable jump shots. Yes. And every defender's like, shit, he's shot. <laughs> right. He's shooting. How did he get so open? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's going to happen with these Lakers? I they're in a rough spot. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but a lot of teams are. Even looking at these standings, I had, you know, I don't want to go full Lakers guy the other night. They're in ninth place in the Western Conference. There's there's some bad teams in the West, and it, like there's a, a clear cutoff. There's six <laughs> good teams, and then there are other teams. Uh, obviously, the Suns have been killing it, and I think it was JJ Redick that was like, "Why are we not talking about the Suns more? They're they're dominating the NBA right now, and we're not talking about them." Golden State has been playing <clears throat> very well. Memphis playing very well. Utah, Dallas, and Denver. Mm-hmm. Those teams. Those are the top six teams in the Western Conference. They're playing very well. The seventh team in the Western Conference is Minnesota Timberwolves. I have a hard time believing that they are going to be good or yeah. make the playoffs. <laughs> you know, it next, the, give that some time to self-destruct. Right. And then the Clippers, I, I could see them being good in the playoffs, but like, is Paul George going to play? Is Kawhi going to play? Is Kawhi even playing right now? Kawhi is not playing right now. I think even Paul George is missing some time. So like, maybe when those guys get healthy, we've seen them be good before. I also worry like – for the Clippers, they're in that play-in format right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Kawhi and Paul George and some of those dudes are being like, yep, play-in, we're excited. To be completely honest with you, now that I think about it in basketball this season, I don't think I've seen a single thing for the Clippers. <laughs> Not even on social media. Right. Now, I say this, and that's all I'm going to see here for the next week and a half is Clippers. But it's just insane. Like Memphis has been like sneaky good this year, too. I know we went and watched them. That was fun to go to. They did lose, but it's still the fact of like these, these, these <laughs> this nuts. is a young team who's you know playing very well and kind of has something there with a bunch of guys that aren't really any big names outside of Jaw. And it's like that's cool. That mm-hmm. that's what I like about basketball is you can get these teams that kind of not necessarily sneak in there, but are having a good season. And then once they get reached the moment, it's like okay, now let's learn who these guys are. Kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball. It's like all right, bunch of in a way no names. Here they are making yeah. a name for themselves playing on the biggest stage. I do think Memphis has an opportunity with that because defensively they have been pretty good. Yeah, I like them. I find myself rooting for them. Uh, Paul George has not played in a game uh, since December. So, <laughs> I mean, even he's been out a long time. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Clippers. I don't know if they're good. The Lakers come in next at number nine. Obviously, we just talked about them. And then the Trailblazers at 10. Like, Team 6 through 10, I don't actually think they want to be in the playoffs. Portland just traded away C.J. McCollum. <laughs> like they, they're like, wait, why? We're here. We were trying to get into the draft lottery. So yeah. can, we just, can we decline to be in the playoffs? And I, I could see them doing it. And then, obviously, there's some younger teams, the Kings, the Thunder, the Rockets, that are just terrible, that are going to be 
in the draft lottery, picking high. And even on the Western or sorry, the Eastern Conference, Chicago Bulls still number one. Yep. Guys like DeMar DeRozan just killing it this year. Uh, are you still a Miami Heat fan? I am. They've done uh, decently well this year as well. Yeah, they're sitting there at number two in yep. the Eastern Conference. The thing about the East, though, I think it's going to change so much with now you're getting James Harden on the 76ers. You're getting uh, Ben Simmons on the Nets here pretty soon. I think those are two teams that are going to really raise up in the standings once they get going. Now, yeah. Even even with the Nets who had James Harden playing, I think there were still a lot of distractions. And I I never thought that that was a good matchup, having all three of those guys that are strong ball handlers. So I, I do think that they improved with the Ben Simmons trade. James Harden is a better player. They're a better team Yep. with Ben Simmons, though. And, and that's just... You know, another crazy thing about basketball. And, and for sure, like, you know, you look at the Atlanta Hawks, a lot of playoff success last year. They were really the team that was kind of the villains, right? We saw the villain of Trey Young really come to fruition. They're sitting here at 10. Still plenty of season left for everything to kind of change here. But, like, Cleveland being at number four, that's kind of shocking to see. Like, when you right. kind of look and catch up to everything. Philadelphia being better than the Celtics right now, that's another one of those deals, especially when they just got blown out the other night. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? It's just – it's crazy how you can pay attention to the top teams in basketball and you forget, like, everyone else underneath, like, maybe the top six teams in the league. And it's but, like, oh, shit, these guys, like – because then you get to the playoffs, like, okay, well, half the league's in the playoffs pretty much. Yeah. And the Celtics are on a heater right now. They mm-hmm. just won, like uh, – I think it was, like, nine straight games. I think they lost last night. They did, yeah. Uh, but they've been playing very well. To a lot of basketball left. I think that uh, obviously you and I will get more and more into basketball now that we don't have football to focus on mm-hmm. so much. And I am just waiting very uh, not patiently at all for baseball to start. I, well, they got to figure that shit out. I know. And I, every time Jeff Passon tweets, I like. I'm almost to the point now where I don't want to read it because I know it's not good news. <laughs> I, I'm almost waiting for my phone to just erupt from everyone else and be like, oh, baseball's back. Yeah. To where, like I said, when Jeff passes, I get the notification that he tweets, and I'm like, I don't want to read it. I can't handle that right now. <laughs> but I did look at some of his tweets last night. And Juan Soto, player for the Washington Nationals, another just – he's going to be a superstar if he's not already – uh, they were talking negotiations with him and the Nationals before the lockout, <clears throat> and Juan Soto turned down a 13-year, $350 million contract. Yep. That is so much money. <laughs> and he is very much worth it. That's why to turn down. How do you look at $350 million and say, nah? It's like Dak Prescott. You got offered $35 million, and you said, nah. And now it worked out for you. That's good. But 350 mil? Mm-hmm. Here's the crazy thing. I think he's worth more. <laughs> uh, for 13 like over years? That, over that amount of years? I think so. That's like 27 mil a year. Is that the math on it? Mm-hmm. You need to bring those numbers up if you want one. Yeah, so. that's fair. You know, it, it, that's why it is crazy. I, I think that if you went in with like $350 million over 10 years, get him to about 35 then maybe he's like, yeah, I'll do that. But the reports are that he wants to hit free agency, that he really likes the Nationals and is open to resigning <laughs> there. But he wants to test the free agency waters. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a Scott Boris guy. I looked it up. 
he's the Scott Boris guy. His oh, guys almost always go to free agency and test the waters. Even if they do want to come back, they will I, test free agency waters. I think that's just the, I, I don't know. I feel like that's very understandable. Like that makes right. sense to do that. Like where am I offered? What What does everyone else think of me? Yeah. That sounds like an incredible offer. Yes. But what are the Yankees think? Yep. And even if, you know, I mean, it's part of the game. Even if you do want to go back to Washington, you look at what the Yankees are offering and you say, hey, match it. I want yep. to be here, but I want you to match this contract. Yep. This is what the market says I should be paid. Match it. Or you don't get close to it, and I'll come back. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's what I would, That's how I would handle business. Yeah, this so, is what I'm worth to these guys. Am I not worth that to you? Yeah. Cool. I guess I'll go play for the Royals. Then. It's, that's how I do my every relationship. Come on, Juan. I'm in. It's like, this is what she's willing to do. Are you willing to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Again, divorced and single. Um, I'm I'm very excited for baseball to come back. I hope that it happens soon. And my whole thing, my stance with baseball is minor league teams are still playing. I'm going to go to as many minor league games as I can until Major League Baseball starts, which is hopefully soon. But I'm not holding my breath on it. But that's it for us today. Big Country and I will be back tomorrow, maybe breaking down some – NBA All-Star Game stuff because it really snuck up on me and I do love the NBA All-Star Game but that's it for us today we will be back tomorrow right here at 10 a.m. in the call-in app don't forget about our great sponsor to end the show Roper Kia go in there mention us and Mike'd Up and they will give you $1,000 off your nicer 